G'day and welcome to another episode of What Happens After. This is episode six. My name is Bryce. And I'm Melissa. And this is our podcast following our journey after meeting on a reality TV show. Yep, it was fun. And if you've joined us for the last couple of episodes, you've obviously heard a lot about us and a lot about some others' experiences too around the show that we were all part of. And I guess this episode is going to be no different. We are going to have a guest joining us, but... We're still in lockdown here in Melbourne. Oh, I, I'm so bored. And just like every other Melbourneian that's gone through this four times and also even just thinking about everyone that's been doing it overseas for months and months on end. Like one of my followers reached out who said, oh, imagine doing it for nine months straight in the UK. And I went, oh my goodness, I could not even imagine. Yeah, we are definitely thinking of everyone that is going through COVID lockdown 4.0 here in Melbourne. I've been quite fortunate. This is my second lockdown. So the other two I haven't gone through. And this is your third lockdown? Yeah, yep. So we've been quite lucky. But I guess all we can do is pray that it's over soon and we can go back to living like the rest of the country. But throughout the week, we've been trying to occupy ourselves around a house and been going through some old movies on the Foxtel IQ. I love watching Netflix and I'm, I'm a huge horror movie fan. Love a horror movie. And it came as a surprise to me when uh, I flicked on the Disney Channel, because I also like the Disney Channel, um, the Disney streaming service, because there's every episode of The Simpsons. Love that. Yeah. But I was intrigued when I did put the Disney Channel on and uh, you started watching High School Musical. Nothing wrong with Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Are you a bit concerned, are you? No, no. It's just I feel like we've obviously been together for almost nine months now And I think our relationship's more advanced than most because we've now been in lockdown, so we're around each other 24-7. And I I thought I knew all there was to know about you, but here you are, a closeted high school musical fan. I don't mind the sing-along movies, and it's one of those movies that I know a fair few of the lyrics to as well. I think you laughed at me when I said that I could sing all of the lyrics to Grease. Yeah, see, I don't know the lyrics to a lot of Grease songs. Yeah, well... Grease is the bomb. It was funny. You went through my laptop to try and do some work stuff and then you also found a snippet of some old radio stuff for me, which was actually me singing. Yeah, let's uh, let's play that for everybody so they can hear your masterpiece. Well, before we do, I might just give some context to what it was. <laughs> so it was when I was working in Gippsland and I interviewed a guy by the name of Tom Williams who was part of the group and still is, Darling Brando. They're the boys that met on X Factor. Oh, yeah. Great young boys. They're a real Aussie boy band. And they had a song, Beat Up Guitar, that was out at the time. And it was being played on every radio station around the country. And I thought, given my background of the Australian Youth Choir, which you can go on here in a previous episode, I thought, I'm going to put together a little mix-up and play it to Tom on the interview. Now, can you play it for our listeners, please? It's messed up. It's strange. We know how to take it too far, I know. You know, we know how to break out two hearts. So I know I've got the background, the experience, and Sony haven't signed me up yet, but do you want to put in a good word? Maybe we can go to four. You've done this before, haven't you? That was really good. I think it lifts the dynamic. My dulcet tones really took it to another level that could really take this worldwide. You know what? Let's have some chats off there. So the main thing to take out of that is I'm still waiting for a phone call from Sony, but I actually don't think it was too bad. Yeah, don't quit your day job, babe. Look, when I was younger, I could sing. You get older, things drop, and you also lose your voice. Uh, I don't know if you could sing back then either. Anyway, 
That's enough about my singing for another episode, but we have got someone on standby waiting to chat to us. We've been looking forward to having a chat to this guy since announcing the series because he's got a lot of questions and a lot of answers too that we're chasing. It's coming up next on What Happens After the Podcast. I've been through heartaches, I've been to heaven, I've done my best and my worst, learned my lessons. One of our favourite previous maths contestants, I've always liked him. What do you think of this guy? I actually thought he was great and you've really given him a run for his money. You reckon? <laughs> We're talking about season five maths villain, probably the biggest of all time, Dean Wells. <laughs> yes, I like that title, guys. I... I like to think I'm the biggest and baddest and most hated villain of all time on maths. I hope so. But you definitely gave me a run for my money, Bryce. I'll tell you what. And this is funny because that's what the feedback seems to be. More yeah. so online this year is who's competing for the biggest maths villain title. Now, I'm going to put it out there plain and simple. It was never my intention to be a villain. I don't know about yourself. Me either. I mean, your intention either. But it just it's funny how it works out that way, hey? hundred uh, percent, man. I was just like, yeah, I'm a nice person. I'm, I'm not a bad guy. Uh, I, I had no idea whatsoever. That I'd be, I mean, obviously having an affair with Davina. Yes. That was obviously never going to be, um, you know, taken too well by the general public, but you know, it is what it is. I'll cop that one on the chin. It was never my intention to date a villain either. So. <laughs> I don't see how Bryce is even a villain. I don't know what, what he did wrong specifically, to be honest. Like, I, I honestly just don't see it. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later on this episode because I did join Dean on his podcast, uh, Dangerous Ideas with Dino. Uh, it's been going well. You can listen to it on YouTube and we'll cover that before the end of this episode with Dean. But let's all start from the beginning with you because it's always interesting having conversations with other maths participants about their time on the show. We yep. obviously know how some of the people that did the show with us how their time was uh, some of it looked good on camera but was terrible off it mm-hmm. uh, vice versa tell us about it for you because obviously we saw mm. and you just explained a fair chunk of your storyline but what was it like for you overall it's good bad in between you know it's a it's a very extreme experience in every direction there's so many good things that come from it so many bad things that come from it in my case um and yeah but all in all i, I loved it i still you know don't regret any part of it yeah, it's a life-changing experience no matter how you slice it, for sure. What made you sign up for it in the beginning? Mate, I never heard of the show before. I was sitting at my local pub and casting people were walking around just asking dudes, random dudes, if they wanted to be on the show. And um, this casting agent just came up to me and said, oh, hey, can I chat with you for a minute? Chatted with me for about five minutes, asked me a few questions and were like, oh my God, you'd be perfect for the show. We've got the perfect woman for you, Dean. Um, wow, this is amazing. And like really sold me on this idea that they had the perfect woman for me. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, might, might, be, might be into it. And like literally never seen the show before. And um, yeah, next thing you know, I'm standing at the end of the aisle about to get married to Tracy. Sounds like we all got that promise of we we're going to have the perfect someone waiting for us. For me, I did. It, uh, it sounds like a, a promise that was made to all of us and it's uh, just all really to get us on the show. Yeah, pretty much. Hey? Like the thing with me and what really affected my time on the show is, um, you know, they do a master interview with you, which goes for at least an hour, probably more. Mine was um, two hours. <laughs> two and yeah, a half. Yeah, hours, yeah. two and a half hours sometimes. Mine went for ages. And from that, they cut this promo of me where I'm sitting there on, you know, on the throne basically with my 
with my eyes blacked out, you know, in a blindfold. And then they put the word obey in big red letters behind my head. And I said a few things like, I like to be the alpha male in a relationship. Um, I said, was basically just saying, I like to be a leader. I was basically saying there's nothing wrong with a man taking charge in a relationship. Um, and I think that that's been lost a little bit in Australia and that Australian men are getting whipped by their women. Now, I, I'd stand 100% behind everything I said in that spe specific like little sort of promo that they did, but they also just left out so much of it and edited it in a way that sounded kind of much worse than it really was. And the worst part was they just, they put obey in big red letters behind my head and they made my catchphrase, Dean is the groom who wants a wife to love on and obey him. Now, I never said the word obey. I would never say the word obey. And that's not who I am or, or anything even close to what I believe in. And so that for me was pretty terrible on, on Channel 9's behalf. That was on billboards, buses, everywhere you go, there was a big picture of my face. And, you know, he's the guy that wants a wife to obey him. So that played as the main promo for the show for at least a month before the show was even on. So before the first episode, I was already hated. There was massive controversy that you guys had a had a petition to have the show taken off after you're on the show. I had a petition online before the show was even aired to stop it from even going to air just based on that 45 second promo. Yeah, and that's a thing. A little backstory can really set up your whole character. And I suppose that's what backstories are for on any type of reality TV show. You don't get to know someone unless you find out a bit of their backstory. For mine, it was parts of it that were accurate. I think they yep. also left out major parts too, where the whole reason for me going onto the show, and I've said this to you uh, privately as well, that I want to go and meet someone to start yep. a with because the person I was with previously wasn't in that mindset. So getting there to the wedding day and listen, I, we had a great connection. There was no doubt about it. But one of the first things that Melissa said to me was, yeah, I'm not really into children. I don't really want them at this stage. And I was like, right. hang on a second. My whole backstory was about this. Yep. But lo and behold, it never came out on TV or on the screen because they never showed it that way. So I was kind of like, I went through this whole first week or two of the series filming it. Thinking, oh man, is this girl going to actually change her mind? Like, do I take a gamble on this girl and think, you know what, will she change her mind a year or two or three down the track or yeah, yeah. nothing? And I was stressing out over absolutely nothing in the end because it never even got brought up. No, that's all right. So where are you guys at now? Do you want to have children? Yeah, we're um definitely on the same page where I guess you've come around a bit more, haven't you, Liz? Yeah. yeah there we go. Well, it's still taking me a bit of time to get my head around because I've always been so anti kids why anti how old are you Liz? if you don't mind me asking i'm 32 I, I, don't, I don't know it's um probably the fact that i've always been single i've been single my whole adult life it was never yep. something that was on the cards for me and i just liked my life how it was going on to this show obviously put everything everything went topsy-turvy but yep kind of made me realize that you know at some point you do need to grow up and yeah things change when you meet the right person and people have been saying that my whole life that you know you'll probably feel differently but you know I am coming around to the idea and we'll see yeah. what happens in the yeah. future. Yeah like I, I think you guys would be really good parents and I think uh, you know it's not for everyone I think you guys would be great with kids uh, should do it. And what about you? You're in your early 40s. Yeah. Too late for me, mate. Look, you know what? I go through different stages where I, I really, really, really want kids and feel like my life was just not going to be complete without them. And then other times I'm just like, oh, I don't really mind. I don't mind if I'm like 
the last of my kind ever on this planet, you know? So yeah, I jump back and forth and um, yeah, you know, I, I guess things do change when you find the right person. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit undecided as yet. So yeah, we'll see how we go. So what was your life like pre-MAPS? Obviously when you go on a show, like we all went on, you come off it, life does change and yep. you don't like it or not. It's too bad. That's the way it is for you, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's the same for us, the same for you as well. Obviously you yeah. were in the spotlight the whole series of season five, but pre-MAPS, what was life like with Dean Wells? Pretty good. Like I lived in Manly, which I still do now, but like just had a lot of freedom, you know, run my own business. Um, my business was quite impacted by maths actually i had to basically shut down my business after it i couldn't work for a year or so just because of the backlash um you know but at the same time you also got to do these cool appearances at clubs and i was making a little bit of money here and there with like you know influencer staff and whatnot so it was a fun ride but it, it definitely impacted my my life uh, i had a pretty cruisy existence and and you know had no idea how big of an impact maths was going to make like I, I actually thought it was just you know this little show that not many people watched and you know i'd go on it have a bit of fun maybe find the right person and you know that would be it it wouldn't be that much of a big deal but man it's whew, changed my life a hundred percent still to this day i i you know people stop me on the street um you know people you can't help but avoid it it's just it's just changes your life and you brought up a good point there where you had to alter your life for probably 12 months after yeah. I finished, because I guess this is where you and I are quite similar. The betrayals that we sort of had on the screen, I'm in a bit of the same situation to you. And listen, back me up on this, where there's no secret I'm a radio announcer, and it has affected and impacted my career to a degree. Where but, let, let's be honest, it has it currently in our current situation, it's it's ruined your career at this point. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, that sucks, um, man. Parts of the radio industry that believe everything that you see on TV is yeah. gospel. I think that's a closed-minded thing. But there's also a lot of people too that I speak to on a regular basis and they're like, look, we know what a TV show is like. It's like radio, yep. Yep. manipulated and whatnot. And those yep. people sort of see through it and can see the benefit of going on a show like Maths. And look, I've said in the past that I went to the show to meet someone. But at the same time too, you can't deny that you know that going on a show like Married at First Sight, like we did, yeah. it's going to have some sort of impact, good or bad, in the end, it's always going to be good. But that initial six to 12 months after the show, yeah. you really swing in both ways. You know, some people like Cam and Jules and Martha and Michael, those guys have really capitalized on it and, um, you know, make tons of money out of it and turned it into careers. And they, they you know, have done really well. I, I got nothing but respect and, you know, good on them for doing that. And then myself, it was just a, a negative thing in, in so many ways. Like it, it didn't, I made a little bit of money out of it here and there, but like it was much more, drama and negative stuff than you know the positive stuff um again like i take responsibility for what i did on the show i did have an affair um so whatever that was was basically real i can't argue too much with that um so man yeah i mean with you i think i honestly don't see why you are portrayed as that much of a villain. I mean, there were rumors going around about a bloody external girlfriend, which you said, no, I, I deny those rumors. And it's, it's a, such a high pressure situation. And, and I just don't know why you copped it that bad, to be honest. I don't know why I copped it that bad. Like, yeah, I had an affair, but so what? You're on a show where you're there to sort of experiment and see if you like this person or see if you don't like this person. As far as I'm concerned, you were pretty honest, which I, I think is respectable. Liz, you were quite 
honest as well. I mean, Listy, were you just sort of playing yourself? I think a lot of people kind of are a bit fake on this show and sort of play a bit of a character. I was honest. I felt like you were pretty honest, Bryce. What about you, Liz? Were you just sort of being yourself the whole time or? Yeah, definitely. Every part of me that you saw on TV was absolutely correct. I'm very quiet, very introverted. And and that's how I was on the show. And everything that I said was completely truthful. And as much as it was edited and a lot taken out of context, like the, uh, the guy that I'd apparently been having an affair with for 12 years, which was completely so falsely <laughs> edited was right. unbelievable, but I was completely. But how I did see that scene. How was it edited to make it seem like it was something that it wasn't, wasn't. So the, the snapshot that they put on TV was that I had been sleeping with uh, a ex-partner and at the time he was married. What they didn't show was the fact that I didn't know he was married. I found out right. after the fact and it wasn't 12 years that we'd been sleeping together. It was yep. once every few years on and off, but I didn't know about the partner that he, or the wife that he was with, who he had separated from, but they were still technically married. None of that was shown because that doesn't make for good TV, does it? You know, the, yeah. that part of the truth. So Yeah, and I think the other thing with, you know, what you're saying before about the post-maths life is so many people are just obsessed with their image and like, you know, they won't, hang out with certain people or they won't go to certain events or they won't be seen at this place. Like I know a lot of reality TV people that go to these um, sort of VIP events, literally walk the red carpet, get their photos taken with the right person, talk to the right paparazzi, and then they leave. They don't even go to the event. Wow. It's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. Um, and they're just obsessed with, you know, and I, I know there's people out there that won't be seen with me because I'm a, I'm a controversial, you know, I'm too controversial or whatever. You guys probably have the same. And it's like, oh my God, you guys are so obsessed with your image. You're so fake. You know, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. Some of the shit that I've experienced since then. And they're just like, you know, kind of try and be social climbers and, and talk to the right people and kiss the right asses. And it's like, wow, you are actually like kind of pathetic. Now, we've gone through that same experience in the last couple of months. Uh, was not even Jason, who's our best mate. Yep. We were good friends with some people on the show and we're hanging out with them regularly, even away from filming and even between filming reunions and whatnot. And now don't even hear from him because we're not good for that image. I don't know yep. if it's their own opinion or they're being told it from management that are looking after them or whatnot, but uh, yeah. at the end of the day, but so uh, someone that you obviously knew quite well during your time on the show was Tracy Jill. Now, yeah, well, what was Trace like? Because I, yeah. I really, I liked you both. I, yeah, there was obviously times it's, on the show where I saw um, what was, you know, obviously what was developing between you and Davina and, you know, you kind of, you kind of think about it and go, oh, I, I don't like what's happening here, but you're not, I don't, I yeah. didn't know you as a person at that time. So I'm, I'm obviously not going to pass judgment, but what was your relationship like with Trace when you were yeah. filming? Were you hanging out? Did you? Yeah. No, we got along really well. We got along really well. Like we got along on, on the day of the wedding. One of the funny little editing things that happened with me, which was quite frustrating was she walked down the aisle and, you know, and I've said this on the show, Tracy won't take too much offense. So she just like, she wasn't quite my type as far as looks and aesthetic goes. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not that into people that have had um, boob jobs or fake lips. Like I just don't like it. I much prefer a natural look. Right. And Tracy had these massive, you know, fake tits and the, when they pulled me aside for the Voxies, they're like, you know, what do you think of her? And like, I was trying to be as polite as possible. I was like, 
oh, she's a really nice person. She's an author. Um, you know, she seems really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to get to know her, which is true. Like all mentally and intellectually, she seemed like a nice person. But then they're like, oh, what about physically? What about physically? Is there anything you like about her physicality? And I was like, oh, I'll try and in my head, I'm like, oh, I have to come up with something positive here. Cause you know, you know, this is what they do. They, even if you yeah. say a negative response or tell what you really think, they'll say, well, can you give us the opposite of that response? What's something positive about them? You know, just so they've got both things in the can so they can edit the story either way they want to edit it. So I came up with the idea, oh, you know, I guess she's got fake tits. Like she has, bre like she's probably pretty happy with her breasts. I was like, so I came up with this. I don't know where it bloody came from, but I said, look, I guess she's, you know, pretty good in the chestal area <laughs> is what I said, which is like, oh, it was actually a way of me trying to be like kind and friendly yeah, and give like her a compliment. Polite, really? Hey? She sounds like you were trying to be polite. I was totally trying to be polite, but they took that, right? And they, they literally cut out all the lovely things I said about her as a person and blah, blah, blah. And just, so <laughs> Dan, what do you think of Tracy? Oh, she's not bad in the chestal area. You know, and like that was the only thing that they show showed of that little scene. So that was hilarious. But um, and not, like I cop so much shit for that. Oh my god, all he cares about is her tits and her body. And it's like, uh, no, you literally couldn't be further from the truth. I don't even like her tits. I'm not into fake tits, but I'm trying to be nice about it. Like as far as fake tits go, they're great. I'm just not really into fake tits. But um, you know, that's the narrative that came across on the show. But like her and I got along quite well. We did have our differences and and you know the other thing was on, on our honeymoon i i said to tracy many many times you know sorry this isn't going to work out um we, we have too many problems i said on camera so many times this isn't going to work out uh, you're really nice and they cut all that out didn't show any of that made it look like i was gaslighting her um but the thing is i didn't not like her and and the producers and the experts and tracy were all going look you know we know you're not really into this i wanted to go home literally the first day of the honeymoon i told everyone that they wouldn't let me go home but tracy was like look just give it give it some time give it a go try and make it work so i tried to make it work i tried to make it work as best i could yeah. um and and you know that gets turned around and it's like oh dean you're gaslighting her so oh my god shut up with this word gaslighting you, it's it's literally the opposite of gaslighting i'm the one that doesn't want to be here you're making me stay here, the producers and the experts and Tracy to a degree. And then when the edit comes out, it looks like I'm the bad guy when you're the ones forcing me to stay here against my will. So that was really frustrating. But, you know, in saying all of that, Tracy and I did grow closer, more as friends over time. And by the end of it, we, we were quite good friends. And to, to this day, I got a lot of respect for her. We're good mates. We chat quite regularly. And um, yeah, I wish her nothing but the best. She's a, she's a cool chick. And from what we've seen online, we obviously haven't ever spoken to her, but she seems like quite a decent person, quite she friendly. Is. And look, I think people had opinions, me especially during our series, but I know that she follows us on social media. I'm pretty sure yep. we follow her back. And look, yeah, it's one of those things that you, you kind of fall Didn't she talk shit about you on her page or something or someone? I think he did, yeah. Look, yeah. I'm grudges. Like, for someone like Trace to say something, they're watching a show, like, they're entitled to their opinions. You should know um, better, though. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I try not to judge anyone on the show specifically based on what I see in the edit. Um, You know, and I try not to even watch the bloody show, but I got sucked in because of you guys, man. You and Sam going at it that was literally the scene where you guys went at it at the dinner table i was like oh my god this is freaking hilarious i'm hooked 
And that's basically why I started watching this season. See, I still reckon that the cocktail party, which is for those that don't understand the terms around the dinner party situations, the cocktail party is the part where you're out in the lounge area before going to the dinner table. The conversation, we didn't call it a conversation list we had in that cocktail party. Sam and I just start off by saying, Gonzo this, Gonzo that, name calling, all the immature bullshit that we got used to. Body shaming. Body shaming, yeah, saying I've got a big nose, um, which I already know. So it's sort of just oh, re- mate. reassuring me. It's a sexy nose, mate. I like it. I like your nose. Thanks. Bro. There we go. Good on your list. But the conversation, if you could call it that, went on for a good five minutes straight. And there was so much stuff. There's no wonder why I didn't show it at all on TV because it would have yeah. just been beeping out every second word. He obviously had Patrick go in and try and stir the pot. Yeah. Yep. Basically, on the show to do. I don't think he had anything else to offer apart from. Yeah during the pot but uh mate well, it was freaking great tv i tell you what you guys were hilarious you 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 get you'd arc up at him and roll up and then he'd like push you more that made the whole bloody show mate without you guys doing that it would have been boring without you guys as the the main couple as you were the show would have been boring everyone else was quite boring you guys stole the show like good or bad people like you or not i think you guys were very entertaining to watch and that's that's what got me hooked in anyway i think the whole series would have been different if they kept Cam and Coco around as an extra couple. Yeah, they were quite entertaining too. And that same thing happened with our season. They wanted me and Davina to stay on. So obviously it's against the rules to um, have an affair and that's the show's not really structured around that. Well, it wasn't until my season when I basically made the new rules. To me, they were like, hey, we want you guys to stay on. We're going to get rid of Ryan and Tracy. Um, you guys are much more entertaining. We're going to make some bloody storyline where you and Davina get to stay. And um, that was all about to happen, you know, that because obviously they have to change around schedules and this and that and hotel yeah. rooms. There's a lot that has to happen, you know, in the yeah. back end well, in order for that to happen on the show. Yeah. And that, that had all taken place. And then I changed my mind at the last minute and went, nah, sorry, Davina, I'm not into you either. I want to try it with Tracy. So <laughs> the producers loved me and hated me for all the shit like that that I pulled. But I was just being myself. Like I was having a bit of fun with it too, but I wasn't, you know, I was, I, I got, I had to be true to myself and that was just what I was doing. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what was going to happen with Coco and Cam as well. Coco, greatest personalities for a reality yeah. show. Yeah, man, for it's, sure. If she's hung around, I have so much respect for her because she was literally herself the most yep. out of me on that show. Even that's putting above myself. Like I know I was myself, I know you were yourself, Liz, but even me towards the end of it, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to not say a word at dinner place that I'm going to yeah, be. Good move. Good move. But yeah, there's no surprise that someone like Coco had so many fans while the show was on and yes. still does to this day. But yep. uh, before we let you go, one thing that you've sort of turned your attention to now in recent years is yes. Dangerous Ideas with Dino. So this is a YouTube channel that you've created and you've had a few guests on there. I was yep. on there quite recently. And tell us a bit about that because I know what it's about, but yeah. A lot of people might not have heard about it. When I went through maths, I got attacked so hard by feminist websites, um, hardcore feminist, hardcore political, you know, politically correct websites that, you know, and I, I before maths, I considered myself very left wing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pro LGBTQ. I have six um, gay and lesbian family members. I have trans friends. Um, I'm pro pretty much every left wing cause you can, you can imagine and always have been my whole life. I still am. However, kind of my eyes were opened to the lies, the bias, uh, the vitriol and and the industry of hatred basically coming from you know websites like Mamma Mia, people like Clementine Ford, 
Um, a lot of these sort of more left-leaning and, and feminist base, and when I say feminist, I mean extremist feminists, those man-hating feminists. I have nothing against actual feminists, but you know what I'm talking about. The, it's become a dirty word, but I experienced so much bias and, and experience firsthand, I experienced lies. They just lied about me. They called me every name under the sun, accused me of crimes. And, and, and it really opened my eyes to that. And that led me to want to do something that really pointed out the industry and the money behind this hatred. There's so much money in like pointing out that we're all bad men and there's evil men out there. Not, and it's not just men or straight white men. There's so much money in just getting people angry and riled up. And, and, you know, if you look at all the headlines these days, they take the most extreme kind of angle in order to get clickbait and dangerous ideas with Dino is a way to fight back against that. It's a way to just talk about political stuff that in this day and age, we're just just not allowed to talk about stuff. Our free speech, our, our ability to just have discussions about normal things or anything that's even the, the slightest little bit like controversial, we're not even allowed to talk about. And so I'm like, screw that. I want to be able to talk about whatever I want to talk about. So that's where I came up with the idea for dangerous ideas with Dino. And I don't even think they are dangerous ideas. It's just that in this day and age, everyone is so sensitive to even talk about anything slightly controversial is dangerous. How is it perceived? Um, really well for the most part, like some videos get really a lot of views. Some get not that many views. You you always get some people who are in support. You get some people who are not in support. Like I've been called a racist, transphobic, bloody sexist, this, that, and the other. Then you get like my audience on Instagram is 95% female. And I have so much support from females. And that's actually what keeps me going. I have comments and support from women coming on and saying, Dean, thank you so much for being a voice of reason. I personally can't say this stuff in my own world because I'll get fired, I'll get canceled or whatever will happen to me or I'll be judged. You are out there doing it. You are out there telling the truth and thank you so much. So that that's who I do it for and that's why I do it. It's really fighting for common sense, really. It's all it comes down to. Yeah, and if you want to hear the latest episode of Dangerous Ideas with Dino, uh, I'm on there myself with him. Yes, great episode, mate. Great episode. I loved it. Oh, thank you. No, it was good to get on there. And I guess we covered some of the main issues from the show, uh, big ones like domestic violence and then yep. big sliding type of stuff. And then obviously the feedback from some of the other participants on the show that... I guess you could say it was blatantly lying to a public platform. Or so-called homophobic video yes. from Jason and, and Liam and, and sort of how that has been perceived. And, you know, you saw the reaction from the media about that and all these feminists about that. And then, wait a minute, was it really homophobic? We kind of delve into that and examine whether it really was homophobic. And uh, I'm not going to name names, but I've had several people from your season reach out to me and say, again... They, they will not support my channel publicly. I've asked a few people who were on your season, hey, could you please share this video? And they're like, look, Dean, as much as I think you're spot on and I really thank you for putting forward this point of view, I cannot be seen supporting this channel because it's too controversial and I will get in trouble. And I don't blame him. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Like, I totally understand that. But yeah, it's kind of sad that we live in a world where people can't tell the truth and express their true feelings. And it's up to someone like me to to um, say that stuff and cop the brunt, I suppose. Well, uh, make sure you do check that out on YouTube. Dangerous Ideas with Dino. Mate, Dean Wells, the biggest ever villain from Married at First Sight. <laughs> yes. 
we're going to give you back that title because I don't want it. <laughs> I'll take um, it all day. But Dean Wells, thanks for joining us on What Happens After and uh, we look forward to seeing what happens with you over the next couple of years. Thanks, Dino. Thanks for having me, guys. Before we wrap up another episode of What Happens After this week, we're going to get to your questions. Ask Liz if you do have a question for her or myself. You can hit us up via whathappensafterpod at gmail.com. And we've got two questions come through this week that we're going to touch on. Uh, one's quite a funny one that we'll get to next. The first one is directed at you, Liz, because for the first time, you've dabbled into the world of influencing throughout yeah. the week. <laughs> now, Melinda yeah. in Brisbane wants to know, is this a planned thing? And are you going to be looking at leaving your full-time job to take up influencing? Thank you for highlighting that I do have a full-time job. I do have a full-time job. So that keeps me pretty busy. But I'm not going to consider myself an influencer. It's not my day job. I do these things for fun. Am I going to become an a influencer? Oh, I wouldn't say that I am because I do have a full-time job. I am just doing this for fun, really. And, you know, the beautiful thing is you get to work with fantastic companies and support some really great businesses. And you also sometimes, uh, through a sponsored post, you get paid for those sponsorships. So I'm not going to call myself an influencer. I'm really happy doing my day job. And we've had conversations about this because we sort of laughed before doing a reality TV show at people that would go through and do this. But now that we have gone through that experience ourselves, you kind of think, you know what? Fair play to people that actually influence products or become like an influencer of some sorts because it's kind of a reward for what you've gone through for all that hard work. It's not just two months on the TV. It's not three months of filming a show. It's literally maybe 12 to 18 months of your life. Yep. And uh, for our experience, it was pretty horrific. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky to have gotten you out of having done that show but uh nothing else left my reputation was very much in tatters because of going on this show it did affect my job and and my friends and family so I'm benefiting in certain ways to doing some sponsorship another question that came through what happens after pod at gmail.com was from Robbie in Adelaide He saw a story that we put on our Instagrams during the week about me with a vacuum saying, is this all for social media or does Bryce actually vacuum? Oh, Robbie, do you do you vacuum? Because I was actually surprised that Bryce actually knew how to operate a vacuum. But why did you have to vacuum again? (laughs) I walked into the house after being outside with a bit of uh, mud and dirt. On your shoes. On my shoes, yeah. And you walked with your shoes on in the house, on the carpet, over the wooden floor. At least I cleaned it up. Very true, and and you do help me out with the cleaning, which is fantastic. Did put some good dance moves in there as well. Yeah, it was it was amazing. You you should be a dancer. Oh, don't now now you're going to become a dancer. <laughs> Singer, to dancer, yeah. can we throw actor in there as oh, well? Geez. Triple threat. Yeah, that's another episode done for. What happens after? You can catch up on the previous episodes via Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and of course, keep an eye on our social media platforms throughout the week. But a big thank you to Dean Wells for joining us on episode six and we're in basically the home stretch of a 10-part series that we're doing with Podshape. We're pretty excited because it's not that there's only a few episodes left, but we've got a few things that we're going to be announcing over the course of the next few weeks. These aren't just Lissa's next influencing deal. Whoa, no way, <laughs> I better not. We're looking forward to sharing the news with you and... 
speculate all you want. Mm-hmm. We know that reports away. like being written about this episode each and every week. So thank you for boosting the profile of this, even with negative feedback. Yep. But speculate on what's to come because there are going to be some pretty good announcements. I think so. That's all coming up on What Happens After the Podcast. Hey, it's Liz. If you ever wanted to ask me a question about myself, Bryce, us as a couple, or you'd like me to discuss a topic of your choice, you can email us at whathappensafterpod at gmail.com and hopefully I can answer it next time on our podcast.